Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Kelly Wisness. Hello, this is Kelly Wisness. Welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. As we do every year, Bessler releases a summary of the IPPS final rule. Here to give us the highlights of the 2023 rule is Christina Brown, a reimbursement manager at Bessler, who is going to discuss the fiscal year 2023 IPPS final rule summary with us today. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate you having me. And we're just going to go ahead and jump in here today. Um, The last couple of years, we have seen a lot of changes to reimbursement. CMS recently published the Federal Fiscal Year 2023 Inpatient Perspective Payment System Proposed Rule. Can you tell us if this publication will prove to be as impactful as some in previous years? Uh, Sure thing, Kelly. That's a great question. Um, The short answer is is yes. Um, But before I begin, I do just want to address that the FY 2023 IPPS rule has not been finalized. And due to the magnitude of updates and comments, I'll be discussing the directions we think that CMS will go. However, our speculation could differ from CMS's future legislation. For purposes of this podcast, I'll follow. I'll focus on areas with uh, the most significant impact. Now, now that I've got that disclaimer out of the way, uh, just to summarize, there were several uh, adjustments to payment rates and policies. CMS summarized that the proposed policies in the IPPS and LTCH PPS rule also build on key priorities to better measure healthcare quality disparities and to improve the safety and quality of maternity care. Just to highlight a few of the updates specifically for uh, federal fiscal year 2023, CMS is proposing to allow the Medicare dependent hospital program to expire. We have we have seen CMS propose this in the past, but Congress voted in recent years to extend the program through various acts. The expiration of the MDH program in F, FY 2023 uh, will result in a $219 million uh, reduced reimbursement for the MDH facilities. Um, another policy change is related to the low volume add-on. CMS is proposing to revert the qualifications of a low volume hospital back to the original criteria. For FY 2019 through 2022, to receive a low volume add-on payment, a hospital had to be greater than 15 miles from the nearest Section D facility and have fewer than 3,800 total inpatient discharges. For FY 2023, CMS is proposing to allow the original criteria um, to qualify for the add-on to revert to the original FY 2005 criteria, which is a hospital must be greater than 25 miles from the nearest Section D facility and have less than 200 total inpatient discharges. There are also proposed changes to the hospital readmissions reduction program and the hospital acquired conditions program. Some good news is CMS is proposing to not penalize hospitals for non-representative performance due to COVID-19 implications 
under the hospital acquired condition reduction and value-based purchasing programs for FY 2023. You may also have heard about a recent court case decision that has made its way into the proposed rule. That change relates to GME payments and more specifically to direct graduate medical education full-time equivalent cap. Essentially, CMS is proposing to eliminate the reduction and to pay facilities up to their full FTE cap with no reduction. CMS is also proposing to continue policies in the FY 2020 IPPS final rule to address wage index disparities, specifically for low wage index hospitals by proposing to limit the year-to-year decreases. For DISH hospitals, the proposed rule also finds an area of significant impact. So just to start, CMS is projecting a $654 million decrease in the uncompensated care pool. There are also a number of changes noted for factor three, which is the calculation of a provider's share of the pool. Some other policy revisions noted relate to the conditions of participation for infection prevention and control and antibiotic stewardship programs. This proposal would require hospitals and critical access hospitals to continue reporting for seasonal flu and COVID-19 even after the conclusion of the current COVID-19 public health emergency. And speaking of COVID-19 and its potential impact on hospitalizations, given the anticipation and decline in COVID-19 hospital stays for Medicare patients, CMS is proposing to return to the historical practice of using most recent data for rate setting. This would be the FY 2021 MedPAR claims and FY 2020 cost reports. And the last thing I'll mention is in addition to policy changes, there are also a number of payment rate adjustments. Operating payment rates are proposed to increase by 3.2% for acute care hospitals that participate in the hospital inpatient quality reporting program and are electronic health record users. Wow, that's a lot of great information. Thank you, Christina. Um, Given the extent of the areas covered in the proposed rule, can you highlight some of the most significant or impactful rules proposed? Uh, Sure thing, Kelly, another great question. Um, because in PDF format, the proposed rule is nearly 640 pages. And, um, and obviously, each area of the proposed rule will vary in weight of impact based on the type of facility. Um, I would say that GME hospitals with FTE cap implications will be happy with the changes to the FTE cap calculation methodology. Um, while I would say hospitals that receive Medicare DISH payments will be especially in- interested in the updates to the DISH calculation and how to prepare for any reporting changes. Okay, great. We've already received some questions around the rule related to the GME cap changes. Can you summarize this rule for us? Sure thing. So um, for federal fiscal year 2023, CMS is proposing to change the methodology of the direct graduate medical education calculation on worksheet E-4. Currently, teaching facilities who are training intern and resident FTEs over their cap are experiencing a penalty reduction in their reimbursement. CMS takes a ratio of a provider's FTE cap to current year total unweighted FTEs times the current year weighted FTEs. 
If a provider's unweighted FTE count for the year exceeds their FTE cap, the provider will experience a reduction in their current year FTE count by the ratio of how many unweighted FTEs over the cap that they are. Um, this provision, if finalized, uh, will only be retroactive uh, for open cost reports and those within the three-year reopening window. So essentially, this proposal would eliminate the reduction and pay the provider up to their full FTE cap with no reduction. Okay, makes sense. Uh, another significant proposed change you mentioned relates to the disproportionate share hospital payments. Can you summarize what CMS is proposing? Certainly. Um, and as I mentioned previously, the total pool amount is proposed to decrease by from FY22 by $654 million. And in addition to the adjustment in the total pool amount, CMS is also proposing the adjustment to factor three. So for FY2023, they are suggesting to use the two most recent years of audited data from Worksheet S10, which would be FY2018 and FY2019. Additionally, CMS would like to move for FY2024 and subsequent years to a three-year rolling average. And we actually agree with that methodology. It kind of eliminates those outlier years. Um, additionally, uh, for Indian Health Service and tribal hospitals and hospitals located in Puerto Rico, CMS is proposing to discontinue the use of low-income insured days as a proxy for uncompensated care to determine factor three. However, to compensate for the loss uh, to these providers, CMS is proposing to establish a new supplemental payment um, for the Indian Health Service and tribal hospitals and hospitals located in Puerto Rico. Additionally, as we saw in FY20, in the FY 2022 proposed rule, and we had anticipated a revision for FY 2023, CMS, CMS has proposed um, to revise the regulation governing the calculation of the Medicaid fraction of the dish calculation to explicitly reflect the interpretation of the quote, eligible for medical assistance under the state plan approved under Title 19, end quote. So um, yeah, they're just trying to make the states more liable on those Medicaid claims and they're trying to make sure that the states are paying their part. Very interesting, thank you. Uh, in fiscal year 2022, CMS released updates to the Provider Reimbursement Manual. Are you aware if any draft updates have been issued? Great question. And uh, and yes, I, I did check it recently and um, I did just see very recently that a draft update has been released for chapter 40 of the Provider Reimbursement Manual. But as you're aware, these are draft changes. And as we have previously observed, and um, it's always subject to change. I will say most notably in the draft were updates to Worksheet S10, along with the return of the exhibits 3B and 3C for support, which, we, which was no surprise as we anticipated some form of the FY 2022 proposed rule would be revisited for FY 2023 because they subsequently took it out um, in the final rule for 22. Um, so other than S10, um, there is an additional section for worksheet D-6 for the computation of cellular therapy acquisition costs, but that would only be applicable to a limited number of providers. Okay, got it, sounds good. Given the release of the draft updates to the PRM, what do you suggest people do to prepare in the event the draft becomes final this time? 
Okay, great. Um, so yeah, we all understand by this point the importance of S10 and have all seen the evolution of audits. And as mentioned in the previous webinars on S10 and bad debt, uh, we recommend having a solid bad debt and charity policies as well as a thorough understanding of your contractual uh, of your transactional detail and how to report all the necessary fields in the new exhibits. Another thing to consider would be to be prepared to identify and exclude any data for services related to non-hospital units such as psych, SNF, ESRD, and HHAs um, for the new draft part two of Worksheet S10 if, if the proposed is finalized. And as I mentioned initially, um, these are all proposed changes and draft updates to the provider reimbursement manual um, are subject to change when the FY 2023 IPPS rule becomes final. While we've covered quite a bit today about the 2023 IPPS final rule summary, we appreciate you joining us today, Christina. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. And don't miss our related webinar that Christina is presenting live on August 10th. You can register for that webinar on our website, Bessler.com. The webinar recording and corresponding slides will also be available on our website after the webinar. Thank you for joining us today on the Hospital Finance Podcast. This concludes our episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help protect and optimize revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.